0: Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nixon. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Cap. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. All right, welcome back to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast, where today's guest is, I think, going to floor you. I know this guy floors me. When I went to researching his background, it was absolutely amazing. It's one Andrew Murata. Andrew Murata has been a 20-year assistant principal, principal in uh, Port Jervis, which is Port Jervis Schools in New York. He's recently been Um, in a new position, Director of Communications and Academic Services. But when you get to researching, um, Andrew, you come across really quick that he was a Division I men's college basketball official for 20 years. Kind of strange that those two go together right there. He's also an inspirational speaker. You know, he's an adjunct professor of school leadership. Um, He's an author. He's written, you know, five or six books with more to come. Um, he's into a lot of things he has his own website which i want you to go check out it's www.andrewmarotta.com where you can find access to his blog which is fantastic to his podcast which is really good there's just so many things that you know you've done that is fantastic so first of all welcome to the show thank you for uh, taking the time to be on.
1: Coach Perry, it's an honor to be with you. I continue want to get better. I want to learn from you and uh, some of the things that you're doing as well. But a lot of Marada is my nickname. So that's where all that stuff is coming from. You know what I mean? A
0: lot of Marada. I like it. Now, one of the things you're also known for, you know, when you research it just a little bit is storytelling. Now, I cannot say you're the best storyteller in the world because – Dr. Gilbert is the best storyteller in the world. So you may be the second best storyteller in the world. Let me tell you how I want to start this. And I've never asked this question on a podcast before. You'll be around episode 70, 75, something like that. I've never asked this question. But when I interview people for an assistant football coaching job, this is the first question I always ask. Give me your life summary in five minutes and go
1: wow well it's behind me here on on that logo you mentioned my logo extra energy effort enthusiasm and energy john uh again i live and die by by my 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 name and i know we're not on video but i'm gonna i'm gonna even show you this john i got this this year because i'm so inspired by the work i'm doing i got that logo On my arm, but I took those words off, and I got my wife and my children on there.
0: Man, that Um, is awesome.
1: Yeah, blessed blessed uh, with those things. Uh, I grew up in an an Italian household in New York City. Uh, My parents were strict. They taught us hard rules, hard work, and really did not have a lot of uh, sympathy when things didn't go our way. It was get up and do it again, get up and do it better, Uh, kind of old-school values. Uh, and just worked hard at a lot of things, right? Dr. Gilbert's taught us, you shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you're among the stars, right? Had a chance to play Division three college basketball. Uh, that kind of – I wasn't a star on the team, but I was on the team, and I was on the bench. And who stands in front of the bench, John? The referees. And I saw the refs. I saw that <laughs> interaction kind of piqued my interest there. That led me down that road. Uh, up been a teacher um, – and an educator my whole life, and I love that impact. You talked about stories, right? I was in college teaching basketball camp in the summer. I loved it. And I said to myself, man, how could I I continue to, uh, you know, do summer basketball camp because I loved it so much. And I said, well, teachers have summers off. Let me look at that. And boom, I went down that road. Uh, But I, I, I taught a kid how to make a layup. The kid was excited about the layup. 15 minutes later, we're in the game. The kid makes the layup, and he runs off the court, and he hugs me. And it was in that moment, I said, man, I I really want to do this. I like this, you know. Um, So I taught in New York City a number of years, and then I moved up here to Milford, Pennsylvania, an hour and a half northwest of New York City, landed in Port Jervis schools, and have been surviving and thriving ever since. The up and downs in Port Jervis, um, you know. It's not always perfect, right, but it's always a journey that we're always continuing to grow and get better. So that's me. I'm blessed uh, with a beautiful family. My wife puts up with me. She's my high school sweetheart and we know each other so well. And, uh, you know, we'll be turning 50 here soon.
0: That's awesome. Well, you know, the first thing I want to go back to, he took his sweatshirt off and pulled up his sleeve and you didn't get to see it because we're, you know, audio only, but he had his, he had his logo um, tattooed on his arm which is fantastic and you know like one of my one of my things I want to do I have this never stop getting better is like a life motto for me like I want to wake up every single day and try to be a little bit better today than I was yesterday like that has been you know like just kind of my life mission and I've never had a tattoo I've never in college a bunch of us at Harding University got together one night and went and got a bison put halfway up our leg. I chickened out, which I'm glad I did. Like, I'm glad I don't have a bison halfway up my calf, okay? But I do want to never stop getting better um, tattoos somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to, me and my wife trying to get that worked out now. You That's know, it. Well, here, here's happen.
1: some more inspiration. Here's the other side, John, right? I mentioned my wife. I mentioned my family, how blessed I am. That says MTC. So here's the story. Um, my wife in my ring, My my high school sweetheart, she puts MTC, right? Uh, my true companion. There it's in the ring, right? So we get married. That was our song growing up, Mark Cohn. It's a love song. I'm sure you're not playing it in the locker room uh, <laughs> when you're working out with the team. Uh so she puts that in the in the ring. That's our song. That is. Fast forward, I don't know how many years later, but we have three children. And I'm building a cubby in the in the garage for their shoes, right? If you have kids, you know their shoes. Your players, their shoes are all over. Well, you each got a cubby now. So, Claire, I said, Claire, which one do you want? She pointed to the one all the way on the right. She said, Daddy, I want that one. I said, Matthew, which one do you want? Matthew's my son. He's in the middle. He pointed to the one all the way on the left. He said, I'll take that one. And Tessa was a baby. She's in the middle. She didn't have a choice. So, I'm painting it. I paint the M. And then I started doing the T. And I said, We didn't name the kids Matthew, Tessa, and Claire, John, based on that. But then it hit us. I was crying. I called my wife. Oh, my God. So my wife and I got matching tattoos because she's my true companion. Mm. And we produced these wonderful children, Matthew, Tessa, and Claire. So there's a double meaning there. And I agree with you. When you get those tattoos, you shouldn't be with your buddies on Friday night. It should be something that means everything to you because it's there forever. So of my tattoo stories there.
0: That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Okay, first question. The second question. I have asked this one to a lot of folks. Growing up, you know, in your household, a lot of times, you know, we catch things from our parents, you know, more stuff's caught than taught, right? What did you catch from your parents that have led to the successes that you've had behaviorally like what type of characteristics what type of behavior skills did you catch from growing up in your household you know as a, as a young 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 boy
1: i like that i like that catch i might steal that i like it uh but that's easy uh it was kind of service service to your family service to your community service to your profession my dad was a pharmacist he was the neighborhood pharmacist uh, and he was great at it, right? You come down, you, you have a sick kid, you didn't have the money to pay for it, he got you the stuff, and you paid him back however you did, you know. Uh, they ran and started the food pantry at our, at our local church. Um, you know, I volunteered as a college kid based on my dad, and mom's uh, influence there. Uh, but number one, service to your family, doing your chores, taking care of your responsibilities. Uh service to your school. We had to have good grades. We had to you know, we had a, a perfect attendance, uh John. You know, they cancel school all the time. I know down there in Texas you got cold weather now, but they you know, they didn't cancel school back then. We went to snow school in the blizzard, the school was closed. They sent us on the bus. The school was closed. We banging on the door, we had breakfast with the nuns, uh, you know, but that was service. You had to you had to you had to, you had to go, right? You didn't there was no days off. Um but service to others. Uh, Here's, again, John, another story. My dad owned that pharmacy, uh, and unfortunately his partner became ill uh, with alcoholism, and he went to rehab for six months, six months rehab. They split the shifts. One guy worked one day, one guy worked the next day. They split it. So my dad is probably working three months straight now, seven days a week. And he came home. He was tired. I used to rub his feet. He used to like me to rub his feet. And I said, well, Dad, at least you're making double the money, right? At least you're bringing home all this extra money. We could go on a vacation, or we could buy something for the house, or something. And he said, what are you talking about, Andrew? I said, well, Dad, you're working double the hours, you're getting double the money. And he said, no, 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 we're we're putting Jay's salary in his in his bank account, like he's earning that money. And wow. I I was like, what? And but that was service to his partner. He helped his fellow man when he was down and. I never forgot that, you know, uh, but they serve. They serve each other as couples. They serve their families, uh, literally served, you know, at dinner with big family dinners, mm-hmm. and, uh, all of that. So I, I would say uh, service with a quick follow up, hard work. You know, you had to work hard and, and show up. And if it didn't go your way, you better keep showing up. That's you know, they, they, they were hard working folks, my parents.
0: Well I would I would think that with that being caught early on, you know, that definitely influenced you to get into the field that you got into because you're in a field of service and serving others and you know, you've been able to continue that. Let me ask you this, 20 years in, you know, the educational field. And this is two questions in one. Number one, like what have you learned, you know, in those 20 years? What what key lessons have you learned in education? Number two, what key lessons did you learn officiating, and were were there, you know, were there correlations? Were there things in officiating that made you better in the school building? Were there things in the school building that made you better in uh, officiating?
1: Great question, great question, uh, John. Uh, over twenty years, uh, you know, I would say, uh, I've, I mean, I've learned a ton. Uh, but a couple of things that stand out to me. Have you ever heard of ACEs? You ever heard of ACEs? Adverse childhood experiences, right? And the higher the ACEs score, the more chances you have to not be successful, the more more kind of screwed up things could be for you. Well, I took the ACEs test, John, and I had a zero. I had a zero. Like my parents, not that they did everything for me, but gave me a great childhood. We had money. We had food. We had jobs. We had, you know, if I needed sneakers for basketball, I got them. Like, you know, I did not go without. When I arrived at college, there were two lines. There was the line where your bill was paid and everything was in order. And then there was a line that you were jacked up. And the line that was jacked up was 100 deep. And there was nobody on a perfect line. and, And I walked right over there. So I learned that about myself. A few years into this, say, wow, not not everybody had it like me. I need to help other people. I need to be patient with other people. Maybe that kid's absent from school because his parents were, were drunk and, and didn't serve dinner and he's cleaning up the mess. Or maybe his parent is in jail. Or maybe they don't have, you know, all of those things. I learned to be gentle, learn to be forgiving, learn to be understanding. Um tried to find the good in people, uh, you know, the good in, uh, maybe the kid that was driving you nuts. Uh, Port Jervis is a old railroad town, John, an hour and a half in New York city. Uh, but it's lower income. There's, there's not a lot of folks here that, that make a lot of money. And I learned, you know, just how to kind of navigate some of those situations, learn to be generous. Um, and, and it's a journey, right? The education is 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 a journey and we got to continue to help those kids and your impact can be felt a long time. Again, I'm blessed to be in this role now where I'm a kind of a mentor for a lot of people uh, in Fort Jervis and that's that's pretty cool. So uh, that's part one. Part two, there's a lot of correlations. You said it in your introduction. you're like, well that that they don't really go together. well they they do, John. Uh, administration and school leadership and being an official. So think about these things. You're in the spotlight. You have to make quick decisions. You have to enforce the rules as they're written. You have to listen to people when they're upset with you. You have to listen to maybe sometimes some unwarranted criticism uh, about things you're doing. You have to perform regardless of what's happening in the surroundings around you. You have to perform at your best. You got to perform with composure and you got to keep showing up. When you screw something up in the beginning of the game, you better, you better get the next call, right? You screw something up at school. You better get the next thing, right? You better, not that there's any makeup calls and, and officiating, but you got to get the next one, right? Well, when you screw something up at school, it's the same thing. So there was a lot of similarities um they the stresses of both kind of canceled each other out john when i was out reffing uh, uh you know texas tech down there in lubbock you know like it, it, i wasn't thinking about you know my faculty meeting that i had to run and then when 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 i'm uh, at school the next day i took the red eye home from you know dallas and i'm at school the next day i wasn't thinking about maybe the travel call i had at the 12 minute mark uh was it right or wrong was they kind of canceled each other out, uh, the stresses of them, uh, and it it, could, it it worked, you know. It, it worked for me. So, uh, but a lot of similarities there. They definitely each helped me be better uh, in in those situations. M- more officiating, helping me at school, learning to deal with angry people for sure.
0: Man, that that is that makes a lot of sense, you know. And when you were giving me the first answer, the things you know, in the education world, I thought about in my first year of doing this podcast, this is the favorite. This is my favorite quote that I've run across. And I'm going to say you'll like it and you'll probably use it um, moving forward. But this is it. All behavior can be explained with enough information. All behavior can be explained with enough information. So when we're having issues with people or with kids or with, you know, like if if we have if we're having trouble understanding why they're doing what they're doing, what we need to do is dive in and get more information, get to know the person and you will probably get to the behavior issue, which I thought um, was really good. And my second thought, I had a guy on here, Angus Reed was a Canadian football league player, all pro guy mm-hmm. for 20 years, his old line coach was coach Dan. And the greatest thing about coach Dan was this. He assumed and he worked under the uh, thought that everybody that comes in is giving 100% of their effort. Everybody that comes in wants to be great. Everybody that comes in has this desire to succeed and be happy. So if the person failed at a test at a task, he took it as his fault. It was never the player's fault. It was always his fault. I obviously didn't teach it or coach it well enough. And those are two things that I thought about, you know, that just as you were talking that related to me and, and some of the things I've heard now, my question, you know, with the officiating and the education, which one of those two came first?
1: Education definitely uh, came first. I started teaching early. Uh, but refereeing didn't come that far afterwards. I did high school for a number of years. And actually when I moved out of New York city up here is when I went full time, uh, college. So I never did the high school up here, but they, uh, re- a, ref- a refereeing came shortly after teaching. Okay. This is
0: another question. I don't, I, when I, when I interview folks, I don't, you know, like for a football position, I don't ask a lot of football, um, questions because I think that's irrelevant, right? With with internet and YouTube, you can learn to do anything. But this is a question I ask, you know, like, and I want to frame this in your leadership and in your officiating world. Give me, you know, one of the worst mistakes that you've made in each field that you can remember and what you learned from the mistake.
1: Well, you know, our friend Dr. Gilbert says there's no mistakes. There's only feedback, right? There's only <laughs> That's, right. Books, you know? That's right. That's um, right. Well, the officiating one, I've made plenty for sure. Uh, and I wrote a lot of them about them, you know, in, the, in this book here, right? Tales from the Hardwood. People really wonder how he made it. Uh, yeah, but so many of them. But probably the most public one was the toss, as I called it. Uh, it was I was at Duke. It was Coach K's game that he tied the all time record in wins, 900 and something wins. So the game's on ESPN. It's prime time. It's all this stuff. And Coach K is going to tie the record for all time wins. I'm in my first year in the ACC. I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, Cameron Indoor. you know, trying not to get caught up in the hype. And uh, the head ref hands me the ball. He says, go ahead, kid. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to toss the ball. You know, it's the Plumley brothers. Them guys are 6'11", Giants, you know. And I go out there. And, John, it was as if you were holding my arm. I'm like this. And I, and I throw the ball. And the thing goes so crooked. <laughs> it like Coach K, with his bad hip and all, jumps off the bench. He starts screaming, call it back, call it back. And, um my, my partner said, well, the second one's not going to be any better, coach. Let's move on. You know, and he he ripped me for a while there. And, and you know, publicly, my friends, people ripped me forever uh, on that. So that was, a, that was definitely a huge mistake. And, you know, after that, I just kind of had to coach myself mentally. I got involved with a lot of visualization. I visualized good tosses. I visualized me happening. I told myself, right, what we tell ourselves. Yeah, That it was going to, you know, I was going to do a good job. And I really had to, before it was something I never thought about, right? I just went and tossed the ball. But then it became almost like Steve Sachs, that baseball where the second baseman couldn't throw the ball to first base. Yep. It was kind of in his head. It got in my head. Yep. And so I really, I really had to coach myself through that. So that was officiating school um, again, right? learning people learning things i would say john probably just being too hard on uh some people right you had talked about that that coach said well that he expected everyone to give up full effort and everyone you know and when people didn't do that here i wanted to make port jervis great i uh, i was i was hard on people right instead of trying to empower them and kind of build them up. I, I, you know, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, and it, and and maybe too too harsh in my in my early years. And again, you talked about a lot of marada. You know, sometimes that's too much, John. I've stepped on some toes. Sure. Uh, with the goal of trying to make things better, by trying to trying to do better, I saw that teacher in that room that wasn't given full effort. You know, I saw how it affected the kids. I always asked them, i like, saying, would I want my child to be in this kid's class, my own child? And if the answer was no, I felt compelled I had to do something about it. And that that caused some problems that were maybe uh, a lot of morado was too much for some people. And like my wife has taught me, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. Sometimes it's maybe being a little too blunt, maybe being a little too, uh, forward with my, you know, hey, John, you didn't do a great job today in this class. you got to do better. I've learned how to uh, talk that out a little more saying, hey, John, if you were going to change some things about your lesson, John, if you could add some things to your lesson, John, if I were to give you a grant for $10,000 in your room, what would you add? Because now I could draw the answers out of you. And maybe you're filling in what you need to do, you know, do better versus me. And then, like you said, finding out about the person. Maybe I didn't know that their child had cancer and they were distracted. Maybe I didn't know they had an iron deficiency and their energy level was low. Uh, kind of those things. Uh, so definitely some mistakes early on. And you grow, you grow, yeah. you apologize, you look to do better and, and build those relationships with people.
0: No doubt. And, and, you know, the experience of growing through something is something that everybody has to go through. You know, you can't you can't be perfect and you can't be heck. You can't even be great till you get some practice up under your belt. You know, that's really hard. All right. Let me ask you this in the field of, you know, in the educational world. What are some of the commonalities amongst some of the best teachers that you've been around and some of the best coaches that. You know, has come through the school building or what have you. What are some of the things that they have in common?
1: Yeah, great, great question again. Uh number one has got to be the energy, uh coming with energy. I observed a French teacher the other day, uh, just greeted every kid at the door, uh, makes them stand before he, he comes in. They're standing at their desk. I'm like, why are all these kids standing up? And then he started their greeting, da-da-da. Just it just has tremendous energy, knew every kid's name and knew all you know everything about them so number one is the energy uh number two is i, I think that the vision beyond what is right in front of them right if you're a security monitor in the cafeteria right like if you are not seeing past the cafeteria the teachers if you're not seeing past your classroom uh like you just said you you're not even asking football questions at your Interview because you know that you know it's so much more uh, than just X's and O's. Um, those people that I like to say from Jimmy Casas carry the banner for your school and community. You know, we're here in my office at school, John, and you can see the background. It's I call it the Port Nervous Shrine. I got all my port swag and port stories and pictures. And, you know, I, I want to carry the banner for my community. Um, Third, John. I think, like Dr. Gilbert shared, it's about other people. It's about planting seeds in other people, right, John? I got my apple here, so I'll ask you, John. Uh, I know you're a football guy, but but if I had to take a guess, if you had to say how many how many seeds are in this apple, John, what would you say?
0: Oh Lord, I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: take a guess. Take a guess. How um, many seeds are in that apple? Let's go. Let's go. Ten.
1: Good guess. Good guess. Five to eight is the answer. Okay. My next question, John, how many apples are going to come from those seeds?
0: Well, that would depend on what you do with the seed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? It would depend on how you plant it, how you fertilize it, how you take care of it, how you water it, how it grows. I mean, you could have a lot, obviously, or you could have none.
1: Sounds like what we're doing in schools with kids, right? Depends on how you take care of the how you treat them, how you nourish them, how you do all those things. Because, John, you can count the number of seeds in the apple, but what you can't count is the number of apples Mm. in the seeds. I'm trying to make deposits in people that will help them grow seeds in others, continue to grow. So those best leaders are constantly planting seeds, nurturing seeds, building up other people. Right. We don't get bonuses in this job of education. But what we do get is those people that share the impact that we've had on them and their lives. And the best people are doing that all the time. Uh, And lastly, John, I I would say another Dr. Gilbert, act as if Mm. Right, the best people you don't know if their dog died that morning. You don't know if they're Republican or Democratic or they're happy or sad. Uh, You don't know if they're, you know, you don't know because they're able to be their best when it matters the most. They're able to perform regardless of what's going on. Uh, They're always on. Well, people say, Oh, Andrew, you're always happy. Well, I, I, I try to be, I'm grateful. Right. And, uh, um, but there are things that I struggle with and challenge, but I would, you know, would never let you know that, right, John, the, the magic line on the basketball was the, the court that when I stepped on the court, I, I was ready. You had to be ready or you'd get killed. You, you coach high school football in Texas. You know, if those guys aren't ready, you know, you're going to get killed. And and so I believe that when I'm on, I, you know, I got you and I got this hour together. I'm, I want to be great. You don't know if I had a sidestep earlier or a misstep. I'm bringing my best self. So uh, I would say those are four things that some of the best people are doing.
0: I love it, man. That's absolutely awesome. Um, On your website, which is www.andrewmarada.com, which I'm going to put in the show notes for everybody. When I pull up the website and I start looking through it, you know, I, I come across, several books right five or six books that you've written that um i can't wait to dive into the latest of which is called hats right is it hats hats baby heartfelt acts for teachers students and staff like i can't wait to read
1: there we are
0: a fantastic um read right there i come across the books you know i come across the blog i come across the podcast um You know, like what was your thought behind those different endeavors, you know, and what motivated you to do all of those different things? You know, like what was
1: the thought behind all of that? Yeah, good good question. Thank you, John. Um, When I started this, I actually just wrote about it in the Dr. Gilbert book. Right. I'm I'm writing the Dr. Gilbert book uh, right now. The Magic Acronyms. Uh, formulas, and impactful stories of leadership.
0: I can't wait for that one.
1: Oh, yeah. And one of the things he says, John, right, something good is going to come of this, right? Something good is going to come of this. So I was in the ACC, as we talked earlier, refereeing, and uh, I loved it. I was doing great. Supervisor changed, and all of a sudden I wasn't doing so great. My games went from 10 to 6 to 2 to I was out. Just like that. And it kind of, oh, my God, like what? Uh, And I just, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And I kind of, that's right around the time when I released The Principle, Surviving and Thriving, my first book. And someone said, hey, man, do you present? And uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I present. I had never presented (laughs) before. I'd never done that. And they said, well, can you present on March 20th at 7 o'clock at night? Yeah, sure. You know? And I was like, oh, I made a presentation. But one door closed and another opened. And I loved the feeling that I was getting helping other people. I'm making those deposits, helping leaders grow and learn. I loved it. And I started to realize wow, I have a lot to offer. We've done good work here in Fort Jervis. The work I'm doing. Can help other people and then you know i started to write more about those experiences and i was like all right let's let's do a weekly blog if dr gilbert could do a week a daily phone call i could do a weekly blog amen and then like you on your podcast i wanted to learn from other people meet great guests um and it was a just gave me another platform for surviving and thriving right i like to have different avenues of art uh, I've become a creative content artist and I've learned, you know, a lot of different ways to do that. Um, you know, another quick story, John, you talk about storytelling, uh, for our listeners that are listening, watch the Ted talk spaghetti choice and happiness by Malcolm Gladwell. If you haven't watched it, John, uh, listen to it on your drive home, but in that Malcolm Gladwell tells the story of Howard Moskowitz. Howard Moskowitz was a, uh, a marketer, a business marketer, uh, way back when, and and, a, and an Italian uh, foods company hired him to find out what the best uh, sauce was, the best you know, spaghetti spaghetti sauce was. So he's doing all this research, he's doing all this stuff, he's doing this taste tests, he's tasting this, and, you know, sampling people, serving people, a million tests. And in the end, what he came up with, John, is that people like variety. Some people like to read blogs. Some people like to listen to podcasts. Some people like to write. Some people like visual uh, art, visual content, which I've added now. I've learned Canva. That's something else I've added to my game here of trying to serve other people, trying to reach other people. So all of those different forms of content, different forms of leadership, can reach different people and and reach uh, a, a different audience. So hey, just a little bit out of time, like we talked about off air, just started, uh, you know, and now I'm at blog, I don't even know, I don't even know, I don't even count anymore, I just keep doing it.
0: It's a bunch. <laughs> I think it's 300 and something or it's high. Let me ask, you, this will be a tough question, if, like for our listeners, you know, of the books you've written, the blogs that you've put out, and there's a bunch, and the podcast. Um, give me the give me one that stands out. You know, in your thought process, as far as where where would I start if I just want to go find one of each one of those, and I want to read, listen um, to one blog, one podcast, and and you know, one book. Give me the starting spot. If Great. one stands out to you.
1: Guardian Caps are lightweight, one-size-fits-all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20-33% to 33% of the impact depending on the speed and the location, great for the repetitive sub-concussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian Caps can help protect that helmet investment. I like that question, and and I got that question a lot when I refereed. Uh, people would say, well, what was your best game? What was the biggest game? What's the most memorable game? What's the most, you know? And my answer is, and my answer to you is the one right now, right? The one right now. This is the best podcast I've ever been a part of or on. And the blog that I wrote that came out yesterday um, that's entitled "Excited to See What They Look Like." That one, because that's the one I'm working on right now, or just had. Right? I work. I try to be where my feet are and be present. The school that I want to be at is Port Jervis. Right? The grass isn't always greener. You see that up there, John? Right? Yep. There's oh, there's this school and that school, and there's a picture of grass. I'm pointing at. If you're listening to this. Uh, but it's, you know, I read a book one time, John and it, it resonated with me, make the big time where you are. Uh, so yesterday's blog was the most important, the best blog. Uh, and this podcast, um, I think that's important. Right. But we live in a short world, right? The, the next call, I could be having the best game that I'm refereeing for you. If I screw up that next call, I went from being a great rap who you were pleased with to this guy screwed me and I lost the game. So it's the next one, right? I got a blog coming out Thursday. Today is Wednesday, uh, January 17th. At 1 o'clock Eastern time, there'll be a a blog going to your inbox, John, and it's got to be my next best hit. It's got to be my next best point. Um, So those are the best ones, the one I'm doing right now.
0: Okay. That's a very easy answer. And I'll, I'll, I'll accept that as a good answer, but so you've never published, you've never published a top 10 list, right?
1: I haven't. No.
0: (laughs) All right. Think about this. I have the, I have a picture on my phone, very similar to your, to your grass picture that I see in the background. I have a picture of a horse that has his head stuck through a fence and he's eating grass on the other side of the fence for that same purpose that in this field that we're in a lot of times a lot of people think that I'm having problems where I'm at and if I go take this job at this other school I won't have those problems and one thing that I've come to learn in 30 years is you may not have the exact same problem but you're going to have a problem you know problems aren't going to go away because of your location you know like that's not that's not going to happen um all right, culture. How do you define culture? And what are some things within a school building that you do to try to create great culture? And culture is a buzzword. I do understand that, but I'm sure you know you have a your your own definition of what it is and what are some things you do to try to improve that within your within anything you're doing, you know, whether you're a part of a you know, a, a group of officials, or whether you're a part of a team of administrators or a school building, you know, like what do you do to improve culture?
1: Yeah. And I'm going to, I'll hit pause on that because you asked for something specific. You wanted a, a hit there. So I'll give you one, right? I'll give you one and then I'll come back to that. And no, I don't have a top 10 list because my mentor and good friend, Todd Whitaker, who is a great educational leader, he said, Andrew, I look through the front windshield, I'm always looking forward. He's written 50 books, John. He says, I don't go back and read them. So I don't go back. But I I remember a lot of them. Uh, My wife and I, we like country music. Even though I'm a a New Yorker, I like country music. And Eric Church wrote Hell of a View. And I saw Eric Church play at Madison Square Garden in New York City. And he did Hell of a View there. And I I was in tears. You know, I I just, I love that song. I love the melody, but I really, I love the message. And I wrote a blog. You know, I'm married 20 years. I got three beautiful kids. I'm here in Port Jervis, 25 years. Uh, it's a hell of a view. And sometimes there's rain. Sometimes there's rainbows. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's beautiful. But if you are grateful for the view you got, uh, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. So that's probably my top blog I wrote. I love it. Yeah. Hell of I love it. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, But culture, the great Joe Sanfilippo, another friend and mentor of mine, he said culture happens 30 seconds at a time. I believe that, right? Uh, I'm trying to create an experience for kids, right? We have so many choices now as consumers, right? And Airbnb and reviews on Amazon. Imagine they were reviewing you at school and your school and your classroom. Think about the last Airbnb you went to they asking all the questions, but if it smelled when you walk in, if it wasn't nice, if they didn't leave you some water, if it wasn't, you know, all of these sensual experiences, the people be like, this Airbnb sucks, right? <laughs> well, schools, we, you know, we got to think more like that. So I was crazy about how clean the school had to be. If I was having a parent meeting or something after school, we did what we called an extra clean in the foyer, made sure – Changed the air fresheners, cleaned it up. Um, So number one, it's got to be clean. If you go to a restaurant and it's dirty, well, you go in the bathroom of the restaurant and you're like, like, I'm not eating the food here. Right. So the president, John, I got criticized as the principal. I'm the academic leader. Well, after school, I'm planting flowers in front of the building. I'm I'm, I'm weeding in the front because the ground guys wouldn't do it but I wanted the front of the school to look beautiful. I got a blower. I got a broom. Eventually, they started doing it because people would say, why is the principal doing it? Well, if nobody else was going to do it, I was going to do it. Um, and eventually, that got on, and a lot of Marada had high expectations of what the building should look like. So that was important, right? Flowers, making it look pretty. Um, the signage, John. Do a walkthrough of your school tomorrow. How many? Signs say, don't do this. No talking, no iPhone, no parking, no skateboarding, no running. You know, we got more rules than jail. Try to write the signs in a positive way, right? What are all the signs in front of schools all over the country say? Visitors must sign in, you know, uh, must have ID, you know, like change it. Say, hey, welcome to... John Perry School, we're glad you're here. Please visit us in the main office to start your visit. Like, the word is, the signage, Port Pride is all over our schools. I was crazy with it, getting, getting yelled at because I ordered so much stuff. But I got more Port Jervis swag now. than you know, I, got, I got it all over the place, John, but it's contagious, you know. Um, that's important. So the cleanliness, uh, the signage the adults acting like they want to be there john right you know a team when you play in another team and they walk out and you you see their flat and they ain't got a lot of buzz going on you're like we're gonna steamroll these guys your teachers acting like they want to be there dressing up on the theme days and and uh, you know all all of those things knowing that the kids won a big basketball game the night before and they're high five and they're talking to kids People that are into it. What does Dr. Gilbert say, John? Don't be in school. Be into, into school, right? The adult's behavior is contagious, right? I, I I see people walking to school with their head down. They don't say hello to a person. And my wife's an introvert, John. I get it. Some people maybe they're focused on their and they you know. And then I see other people high-fiving kids, hugging kids. They got four bags because they brought uh, cupcakes in for Marie's birthday, and then they got ribbons for uh red ribbon week and they got you know they they, they 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 got stuff and then i see other people with their hands in their pocket walk walk like you like you just showing up right the bell rings and they got to be there at 7 25 in the morning they're parking their car at 7:24 and their foot's in the building so they're contractually okay that they're walking in with the kids but the best teachers are in their room they got music on their classroom's clean. They got their learning target up. And that thing is ready to for attendance where other people are on time, you know. Uh, those are culture builders. Those are, are things. Uh, and lastly is, is recognizing and celebrating those things. I recognize, you asked earlier about some stuff I didn't do. I didn't recognize enough of the good things that are happening. And that's what HATS is. HATS is recognizing heartfelt acts for teacher, student, staff. Great things that people are doing to uplift others—you um, know, those those things got to be celebrated. So, constantly taking pictures and 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 acknowledging teachers. And now, in my role as director of communications, I created the Port Pride blog spot. I write blogs about great things happening here, and it goes out to our community. Uh, and I'm I, 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 when you look for those things, you can find them all over the place. So, yeah. those I think are four big things about. It culture that that matter
0: a lot. That's fantastic. And you know, as a football coach, you know, we understand to praise the things we want to see more of, you know, yes. so praise the behavior skills that we want to see more of in our school. A tough question, you know, and and you kind of phrased it. You have a teacher that, you know, comes in at 7:24, 7:25 you know, and it's not what you prefer. It's not what you would, you know, like you would prefer be a few minutes early because early means you're on time. On time means you're late. To be late is to be forgotten. Like, okay, we get all this. How do you specifically try to influence that person or do you just praise the ones that are doing it right? Is there, you know, is there a method as an administrator that you know, where you do try to influence that person or, I mean, and I know that's tough because you're going to have a ton, you know, in a school building, you have a ton of people and different personalities, different, you know, like how would you go about that if you wanted to try to change the behavior of a specific person?
1: Yeah. And that is a, a, a interesting question, right? Uh, I had nine grievances filed against me in my first year of job. Uh, and those are grievances against the contract, you know, things that, you know, uh, You know, you talk to somebody who is on time contractually, you know, the next thing you know, you're going to be getting a harassment uh, thing against you because you're doing it. So uh, the answer is, like you just said, celebrating the good things. I think if you had a team of 10 people and you're a coach, you'll understand this, right? Your top three people, John, uh, are are, are your stars. They're your captains. They are doing everything. They don't need a lot of coaching. Right. Then you got your eight, nine, and 10. Those kids are never getting off the bench. They're never going to be in the game. They might be hard workers. They might be good people. They might be not good people, you know, but they are not impacting your team. Then you got four, five, six, seven, and eight, right? You got, or four, five, six, and seven. How could you make four, five, six, and seven more like one, two, and three? Can you make eight, nine, and 10 like four, five, six, and seven? Sure. I don't know. My influence is on four, five, six, and seven. Right? Those people, I don't think I can change eight, nine, and 10. I don't ignore eight, nine, and 10. I don't not say hello to them. I don't not, you know. But if sure. number nine is on time, I don't know if I'm putting my energy there. I'm putting my energy into four, five, six, and seven because I want them to be like one, two, and three. So now I'm doing specific things. I'm asking number five, number six, hey, uh, uh, I'm going to cover your prep period. I'm going to cover your duty period. I'd like you to go observe uh, teacher number two. Um, I'm going to cover your duty period. I'm going to pay you an extra period as you were subject. I want you to come with me and we're going to go observe these two teachers and we're going to talk about what you learned, what you saw, Um, things like that. I'm going to give positive notes, encouraging notes. Again, maybe a note to number five might look like, hey, John, you know, you worked really hard today. I really liked your lesson. I'm going to come back in. I'd like to really see some more engagement, uh, a couple more uh, checking for understandings, and maybe some new decorations in the room to make the room look a little more pleasant. I'd like to come back in and see those things, right? So I don't just write the teacher up and give him a memo. I'm giving them a chance. Now I go back in and I look for those things. And either maybe I see him and then I could celebrate him or now I don't see him again. And now maybe I invite John into my office, number five, and say, hey, John, I went into your room. I didn't see engagement. I asked you to work on it. I gave you some tips. I sent you some YouTube videos. And then I went in a couple more times. I still haven't seen it, right? So now here's a memo from me to you documenting these items. Boom, boom, boom. Da, da 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 And then the meeting's about to end. And now I take the memo, John, and I rip it up and I throw it in the goddess. And I say, John, I know you have it in you. I don't want to go down this road of this kind of stuff. I want you to do great things for kids. You're doing so many good things already. Add these three things to your, your recipe and it'll have a great impact. Thank you so much. You're thinking you're going to get written up. But meanwhile, I wrote ripped it up, right? But you you got the message. As a coach, John, it's kind of when I used to go like this to the table. It's not in the rule book for referees to give a coach a warning. But I would blow the whistle. Coach Perry, that's your warning. The, the the bench has been warned here. Please put it in the book. Mark it down. Coach Perry, that's your warning. And now, and now I'm moving away. Now you might say, oh, Andrew, you embarrassed me publicly. Or you might say, Andrew. Thank God you didn't give me a technical file and throw it flat. Uh, Thank you. You know, you're thanking me, but now your behavior is under control. So maybe that teacher, number five or number six, is now going to get it what I was trying to say uh, because I've tried a few other things. So that's uh, just a couple of examples, yeah.
0: Fantastic. As our time narrows down, and I want to, you know, respect your time, I have two questions that I just am curious about personally. Number one, with so many iron's in the fire. How do you manage your time? Like, do you have, you know, certain calendars, certain daily agendas, morning routines, evening routines? Like, how do you manage your time to be able to fit so much in, you know, a 24-hour uh, time span?
1: Yeah, uh, good Good question. You know, what does Dr. Gilbert say, John? Make the important thing the important thing. So I do all of those things you just said. Uh, I schedule it. I make a list, right? I got, here's a new little organizing device that I've got. Uh, and again, it keeps it right in front of me. It's a little, little uh, note card here. I write down the things I want to accomplish and it's sitting right in front of me. As soon as we, we hang up this podcast, I have an hour course I'm going to teach. I had that on the calendar and that's why I popped you in here after school at this time. Cause I was going to be here. Um, I'm very intentional about my time and it's funny you asked that again i just wrote we had a snow day yesterday so i did some writing for the book and i wrote about airtight compartments true story john dr gilbert treated me to a leadership seminar of frank soma he's mentioned frank soma on the podcast frank soma is a business coach here in new jersey and i went and frank talked about your scheduling and he said i want you to envision that you're on a submarine And that is taking on water and you in the control room and you go over to this door and you and you go to this door and you. And I'm turning a wheel here and shutting the submarine doors. Now I'm in an airtight compartment. Nothing's getting in and nothing's getting out. And I block the time. I block the time. You and I uh, um, have an airtight compartment here for this hour. We were here. I'm present with you. Giving you everything I got. As soon as we're done, I got another airtight compartment for another hour. I work in those, and I put on those blinders and, and focus. Follow only one course until successful. So uh, that's that's kind of my tip there.
0: I like it. Last bad. question. Yes. Yeah, Last question. You have this entrepreneurial spirit, you know. As as even as an educator, you know, like you are into, you know, I just I can I can feel that and I can see that in your work what's on the horizon like what are you dreaming about to come is there something out there that you know stays on your mind a little bit as as you know I'm a, I'm a, I can't wait to do this
1: yeah thank you John and thank you for the time today um I you know I have goals right I have goals I have uh dreams and things that I do want to accomplish right you look Dr. Gilbert says, success leaves clues. What are people doing? And then you do what those people are doing. Well, I have mentors. I have friends, you know, I want to be, uh, you know, I am a national keynote speaker now, but I want to be uh, more of a, a, of a keynote speaker. I want to speak more uh, there. I want to get on the bestseller list. I'm writing the books and I'm getting them into people's hands, but I'd like to have a bestseller and uh, you know, you, you keep, writing for those things, Uh, but really, when it's all said and done, I want to make an impact on people, positive impact, make people believe. You look at what Dr. Gilbert did with the hotline, Uh, and John and I talked a lot about the success hotline today. Let's give that number here, John, 973-743-4690. That's the success hotline, Dr. Rob Gilbert, 973-743-4690 nine zero uh dr gilbert has changed my life john and i want to and feel like i can have that impact on others and that's through all these avenues of things that i'm doing to reach people's hearts to reach their minds and like dr gilbert says you know and i don't want to use the word push uh but but move them to action you know take action on the things they want in their lives so uh, that's, that's that's what I'm trying to
0: do. I love it Andrew I thank you for being with us and for everybody listening I'm going to put all of his information, all the books, all the links to his website and we'll put all that in the show notes where you can go to AndrewMorada.com and pull up all that stuff because it's fantastic thank you so much for being with us today, thank you for everybody that listens to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast, this may be one of my favorite guests to date because he is definitely in the business of getting better. Um, Until next time, adios amigos.